Merry Christmas. Welcome to this week's edition of An Hour of Your Life, the Christmas special. I'm Kim. And my name is Steve, and we are officially on Baby Watch. We are. No, Kim's not about to have a baby. No. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, the middle child is due uh, to have a baby on the 20, December the 26th. Um, is when his due date is. She is scheduled for an induction on the 27th, but earlier this week she began having some what they call false labor. So contractions and they come and they go and she takes a long time to have kids. So So. we have responsibility in this. If called, we will drive down about 30 minutes away, pick up the other two kids and bring them and we'll be watching them because Normally, typically, when one of the kids has a baby, everyone's like not in the delivery room, but everyone's hanging out in the uh, in the, in the waiting room. But this year, with this baby, we can't do it because COVID is still hanging around. That and also um, the the kids in question are uh, they would not busy. Do well. Yeah, they They're would busy. not do well. They, they are w- yeah. very active children. They'll be much happier here at the house. They would hate it. Yeah, and so I we say all that. Because normally we silence our phones, but because of this, if the phone goes off, yeah, we're you, into you, the show. you may Sorry. hear you may hear ringing, you may hear <sighs> notifications, you may hear my phone go off, but it's just the way it's got to be for this show. You may also hear me make some strange noises. I'm going to try not to, but if you are over the age of 35, like you know what I'm talking about. I literally threw out my back sleeping last night. Like, and that's not a euphemism. Like I, like I was asleep and I woke up this morning and it hurts to move and I can't. So right now I have a heating pad on my lower back and my butt and it is in agony. Which means if Kim is in agony, I'm in agony. Why? Because you're so sympathetic to my pain. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm not that bad. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, with all that out there now for everyone to know, we thought we would do a lighthearted, easy-to-put-together story this week with the Christmas theme because we got a lot of stuff going on. We didn't think we'd have a lot of time to do research because we thought we might be driving down at any minute to pick up the kids. So we had another episode planned right? that would have been a lot more detailed, but... We decided at the last minute, like we do a lot, let's let's change this up and do something light and easy that we can put out fairly quickly because uh, we don't know. Yeah, that's what we thought we were doing. Yeah. But we were wrong. Yeah. Uh just throwing that out there. We yeah. yeah this yeah. is not a this was not a quick and easy, simple. I thought it would be. When it sounded like a really good idea when I thought about it, but nope. So we thought we would simply explain the lyrics to a song we all know and love and we've heard during the Christmas season, and the song is called The Twelve Days of Christmas. Yeah, you guys know that song. Yeah, so we may as well have stuck to our original story about Albert Einstein where we would take a little time to put in layman's terms some of Einstein's theories like 
the theory of relativity or quantum theory of light or wave particle duality. Yeah. I mean, whoever would have guessed the complications and the depth of this little song. And so I, as we get into it, I hope you're up for some theology and some history in tales of medieval times because I think yeah, Albert we, Einstein would have been much easier to explain. Huh. Yeah, we may as well call in Tom Hanks and the Pope to help sort this episode out. So we generally try to avoid controversial topics because that's not typically what this show is about. Like we steer away from politics, like it's the plague or maybe COVID is more <laughs> appropriate in this situation. Um, but we we can't help but talk about religion yeah, if, in this song because that's kind yeah, of a hallmark. Yeah. And also... We, I want to get it right out there out front that, um, any, when we say, when, if some of the things that we are going to say are going to possibly sound like we are saying them, but it's, it's not us saying them. It's not saying like, this is not necessarily what we believe. Yeah. We're not anti-religion. It's just the history of this song. Right. We're not anti or, or pro any of the things that we're going to talk about. So some of the things that we talk about are very Catholic traditions and, um, you know, we're not Catholic. So, you know, what I'm trying to say is that we may say it, we phrase things sort of in the first person, but that's how it's kind of an interpretation. It may not necessarily represent our, correct our, our religious beliefs. Correct. Yeah. So if we touch on religion, it's solely for the purpose to educate really for us to learn because Look, we assume that you, our audience, are much smarter than us. Which is kind of unfortunate because we probably sound like idiots to you. Yeah, right now we are. Well, (laughs) we have actually tossed around doing a series on religion that would include things like we we want to get an evangelical-style preacher, a Catholic priest, a Jewish rabbi, and a Muslim imam to, to be guests just to, to educate, yeah, yep. and talk about their faith, their religions. We, we have, haven't we haven't been able to do that yet. It's been a timing issue, um, yeah. and I think mostly because a lot of um, the major religions have like we wanted to do a series, but it seems like a lot of the major religions have a holiday that follows right after another major religion. So it, it's very there's always something kind of going on, and so it's kind of challenging. Yeah. But if you are one of those, if you are a religious if leader, you fit into that category, please get a hold of us because we would love to have you on the show. I mean, and it may be a thing of like we record it and then and we then may have to hold bank. it for a month. Yeah. Yeah. Or two until we're ready to it's, do it. But, but this is a this is kind of a dream of mine, especially because I love theology and I love religion but we, and religious we'll, discussions. We'll, we will still probably do that in the future. I, yes. I know we will. I don't want to say probably. I know we're we going to do that It's in the just future. a question of when. Yeah. So anyway, um, back to the song. We quickly realized that to do this episode right, we had to tackle some theology to put everything in, in the proper context. But it's the Christmas season. A little knowledge never hurt anybody. Um, so if Christianity is not your belief, it doesn't hurt to know a little bit about other schools of thought. Um, if Christianity is your belief, um, you might learn some things as well that you were never taught in Sunday school. Yeah, and but like he said, there's so many different offshoots of Christianity. Yeah. I, I would say you're right. This song touches very heavily on the Catholics. 
Yeah. And how their their theology. Yes. And I don't know a ton of Catholic theology. My personal religious beliefs are very simple. Um, I don't I don't do a lot of um I don't like ceremonial stuff in in my personal religious practices. I don't do a lot of that stuff. So a lot of the um, sort of more traditional, a lot of, you call it ritualistic. I don't know. That seems like a lot of really smart, but a lot of really smart theologians to me sit around and they, they've thought up a lot of stuff to fill in a lot of gaps. Yeah. And that's how I look at it. So the Catholic religion, honestly, to me, has always been a little bit of a mystery because there are so many um, rites and so many traditions and there's so much that goes into it. So I I learned a lot um, because I know virtually nothing about Catholicism. So, yeah, we're not bashing the Catholic religion at all. No, 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 not at all. all. Not yet. So please don't even take take it it like that. We, We are just ignorant. Yeah. In the truest sense of the word, like not ignorant like we're like mean ignorant ignorant as in we legitimately don't know we don't know because yeah. we're trying yeah. okay. to learn we're trying to learn that's why we want to have the show and invite <laughs> a priest on so but not today yeah so here goes our interpretation of the meaning of the lyrics to the 12 days of christmas so first of all let's tackle the 12 days part when are those days supposed to be starting where does christmas fall in those 12 days All singing aside, there actually is a historical basis for the traditional Christmas carol we all know and love. Okay, so this is the most complicated part of the song, um, is the timing of everything. So you're going to have to pay kind of close attention to this one. Christians have historically celebrated a period of 12 days surrounding Christmas. The nearly two-week time period starts and ends with two pretty significant holidays— Christmas on the 25th of December and Epiphany on January 6th. So those are the two days that we're talking about, two dates that we're talking about. And the 12 days of Christmas falls in between those two days. So I want to just take a minute and explain the Epiphany. Um, Many of you may know what the Epiphany is, but we have many listeners that don't know what it is. I wasn't entirely clear on what it was. So a quick lesson. Epiphany is also known as Theophany in the East And it's a Christian feast day that celebrates the revelation of God incarnate as Jesus Christ. And that's celebrated on January 6th. So Epiphany is the day that Christians recognize that God came to earth as Christ. Western Christians believe that the 12 days of Christmas mark the amount of time it took after the birth of Jesus for the Magi or wise men to travel to Bethlehem for the Epiphany when they recognized him as the son of God. So now this can get into a whole lot of yeah. discussion right there that I really, we could, I want to discuss it, yeah, but I, we can't I, get into too much detail. No, I do want to break this down a little bit though, because, um, so in the traditional if, Christian faith, if you look at any nativity scene, yes, you'll you're going to see baby Jesus, mother Ma- or Mary, Mary and Joseph, Joseph and some animals, animals and three wise, wise men. men. And the three wise men are carrying gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, the three wise men are one of my favorite parts of the nativity story because they're very mysterious. Um, There's actually not a lot 
known about the wise men because they're really not talked about that much in the Bible. Nowhere in the Christian Bible does it say that there were three wise men. We generally think of three men because there are three gifts that are mentioned in the Bible. Gold, which still has the same meaning as it did now, like rich people, it it is a gift of wealth. Frankincense, which is um, a gift uh, to like, kind of like a a perfumed oil and myrrh, which is an embalming fluid. So it's, or like a type of fluid that is used in embalming. So the three gifts that the, the Magi bring are kind of symbolic of Christ, of Jesus, of the savior of the world, the son of God, and what is going to happen to him, you know, the myrrh to um, embalm him when he dies on the cross, the frankincense to anoint him as a holy person and the gold as in he is the king of kings. Well, now, just a second. So there are definitely wise men or magi that go see Jesus. Yes. But the Bible is never specific about there are three wise men. No. In fact, in some Eastern Christian traditions, there are as many as 12 wise men. Wow, I wonder whatever extra gifts they brought. (laughs) So um, the Bible does tell us that the men brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but it does not tell us how many men actually went. Yeah, and now that primarily comes from the book of Matthew. Correct. Okay. Now, also about the 12, or the, not 12 wise men, three, 12, however many wise men the they wise were. The wise men. They were, they're called magi, and the term magi is also a little bit confusing because it has several different meanings depending on what language you're speaking, the translation, all different kinds of things. In some um, contexts, magi means king. So it, we three kings. Um, in other... Of Orient are. Of Orient are. gifts. We traveled so far. Okay. In, in other situations, a magi is... Um, they're, in all of these situations, they're all wise, wise men. But sometimes a magi... Much wiser than me. Sometimes a magi could be basically an astrologer. Um, but the other more like most literal translation of Magi is um, a, from a Greek word, but that basically talked about a subdivision of Persian priests. So whether they were holy men, um, men that studied the stars, or they were actually lower level kings, they obviously were wise. And Well, Herod sent them. Herod did send them. Okay. So, um, so that, uh, sorry, I got way off topic with that. I just, I really like the wise men. They're one of my favorite parts of the Christmas story. Anyway, so back it up. Um, so that's what Epiphany is. Um, Epiphany is the day that on January the 6th where the wise men come and they recognize that Jesus is the son of God. And modern day scholars suggest that it could have been up to three years before they, before they even got to where Jesus was, which would made him... Bigger than a toddler at the time. Yes, and there there actually is some scientific evidence behind that. Um, so it, and it's a little confusing. We don't really know even when Jesus was born, um, like what year he was yeah. born. But there is some scientific evidence that there was a comet that passed through the sky around 5 BC. And then um, during the year 2 BC which was toward the end of Herod's life, um, that there, uh, Jupiter and Saturn aligned in the sky and made a really bright star. 
that that's what scholars think that second star is yeah. what the wise men and followed. Th- and this is why we avoid religion <laughs> and politics because, yes, because some people will take the Bible literally. Right. And some people will take it as... And also we avoid an, it because... An interpretation or... Yes. Not an interpretation. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah. I think interpretation. An, is, an interpretation, right. which... I, many, and, many wars have been started yes, over religion. That and, is true. And that is not our intent. No. And, and again, it's also dangerous for us, like you and me in particular, because I abs I'm a huge nerd and I love theological study of every religion. Like I I it fascinates me. I love it goes back to the love of folklore, I think. Like yeah. it's kind of all tied together. Yeah. I love and, the, and why this, people believe what they believe. And and this is like why we threw out that little disclaimer. <laughs> Sorry. This may not represent our views, but we're throwing this out there that, yes, yes there are scholars that believe it may have taken three years, and right. we're not going to discount them. There are biblical theologians, theologists, theologists, theologists. <laughs> yes. Those guys that study <laughs> the Bible a lot that will take the Bible literally, and mm-hmm. they believe the three wise men we're at Jesus's crib the night he was born. So that, we're just correct. throwing we're just throwing out all the different things right now. And here. to be totally honest, nobody knows for sure because nobody was there that is still like there weren't there was no written documentation. If, if if you were the evangelical preacher that we would have on the show, he would say, I don't care what science says, they were there because the Bible says so. And that's correct. the whole point that we're trying yes. to make. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to leave that one alone because we can even get into a discussion of that one. Anyway, um, so the specific time period of the three wise men coming or the wise men, we, uh, you know, which just drilled into us that there were three of them. The specific time period was likely part of the church. Well, there's a whole song written about them. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. It was part of the early church's effort to adapt pre-Christian celebrations that kind of helped the ancient Europeans get through the long winter nights. You have probably, a lot of you have heard of how um, Jesus likely was not even born in December, that the early Christian church, and when they were trying to convert pagans to Christianity, they used Saturnalia and um, the winter solstice that were heavily celebrated by the pagans and modified it into a birth of Christ story in December. Whether you believe that or not, that's up to you. We're not saying that's right or wrong, but that's part of where we think this time period and what happens and so whatever. Anyway, Epiphany is sometimes called Three Kings Day, and in some traditions it's celebrated as Little Christmas, which I think is cute. Also, the Feast of the Epiphany in some denominations also initiates the liturgical season of Epiphany Tide, which I have never heard of before. Eastern Christians, now that's all the Western Christians. Eastern Christians, on the other hand, commemorate the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, um, which they see as his manifestation to the world as the Son of God. If you're not a Christian, you're not familiar with the story, uh, Jesus's cousin, John the Baptist, baptizes him in the Jordan River. A dove flies down, lands on Jesus, and the voice of God is heard from the heavens saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Um, so that's kind of what the East, the Western Christians look at Three Kings Day slash Epiphany slash Wise Men Visit. Now, are we talking primarily like the Orthodox churches? Um, what, the Eastern churches? Yes. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say so. 
Um, and that, so that's what the Western Christians believe. The Eastern Christians believe that Jesus's revelation was when he was baptized. Uh, anyway, um, so I see, to that. all this about a song, we thought it was going to be easy by now. We either have I people know. who are yeah. very mad and upset and offended or people who are listening or people who are asleep or something. <laughs> I probably but we, put everybody but we, asleep. Yeah, we, but I, Again, we thought this, th- is, this needed to get out. This, I love this stuff. I, I love it. Um, so I'm sorry if I'm boring you to tears. Just skip ahead or something. Anyway. Um, side note again to the the uh, baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, the spot marked by Al Magdas in Jordan, which is adjacent to Qasr al Yahud on the West Bank, is considered to be the original site of the baptism of Jesus and the ministry of John the Baptist. So. I don't think you said that right, but that's close enough. <laughs> you want to try it? Nope. That's okay. why it's written in black and not in red, so you can say it. The traditional date for the Feast of Epiphany is January 6th, which we've mentioned. However, since 1970, now this is where it's going to get confusing with your dates. The celebration is held in some countries on the Sunday after January the 1st. Those Eastern churches, which are still following the Julian calendar, that's our new grandson's name, by the way, observe the feast on what, according to the internationally used Gregorian calendar, is January 19th. So some people observe the Feast of Epiphany on January 6th. Some people observe it on the Sunday after January 1st. Some people observe it on January 19th. Anyway, whenever you celebrate it, in many Western Christian churches, the eve of the feast is celebrated as Twelfth Night or Epiphany Eve. So for our purposes on the show... Christmas is on December 25th. Twelfth night, which is Epiphany Eve, is on January the 5th and is the final day of the 12 days of Christmas. Took you long (laughs) enough to get there. The Monday after Epiphany is known as Plow Monday. Um, Now, popular Epiphany customs include Epiphany singing, chalking the door, which I don't know much about, but I'm imagining is semi-reminiscent of the Jewish tradition of marking the door during Passover, having one's house blessed, Consuming three kings cake, which I know is a big thing down in Louisiana. Um, Winter swimming, hard pass, as well as attending church services. And it's customary for Christians in many localities to remove their Christmas decorations on on Epiphany Eve. What? Our friend Neil down in Australia will go swimming on Christmas Day. He always does. So they do winter swimming. So you're only talking about people in the northern hemisphere where you're taking that hard pass. Yeah. Okay. Because some people... It's summer. That's fair. Okay. Okay. Um, just just, anyway, thought, I, just well, thought I'd clarify that. Like I was saying, it's customary to remove your Christmas decorations on Twelfth Night, which I never knew. But now that I know that this is a thing, this is going to be a new rule in our house. Christmas decorations come down on January 5th. Period. End of story. Got it? Okay. Um, but in some other Christian countries, they historically remove their decorations on Candlemas, which is the conclusion of Epiphany Tide. I don't know when that is, so we're going to stick with J- January 5th. Okay, like I said, all that Can to I take explain a break the, talking for a minute? Yeah, all that to explain Epiphany. And we bring that up because we, did, we, we really felt it was necessary for this story. Because yeah. it, it just is. Yeah. According to the first tradition, those who fail to remember to remove their Christmas decorations on Epiphany Eve must leave them untouched until Candlemas. 
and that is the second opportunity to remove your Christmas decorations. Failure to observe this custom is considered bad. Shouldn't do it. Don't do it at all. Okay, I was going to leave it alone, but what what the heck is Candlemas? Is it like the procrastinator's 12th night? I anticipated this, so (laughs) I'm going to read it really quick right off my phone. All right. Candlemas is a Christian holiday celebrated annually on February 2nd. It celebrates three occasions according to Christian belief, the presentation of the child Jesus, Jesus' first entry into the temple, and it celebrates the Virgin Mary's purification mainly in the Catholic churches. I'm not going to go into the long, detailed explanation like you did with Epiphany. And I'm not going to leave my Christmas tree up until Groundhog's Day. Forget that. It's coming down on 12th night. Okay. So with (laughs) Groundhog Day. Okay. So with February 2nd. (laughs) So with Christmas as the first day, every one of the following 12 days celebrates a different saint from St. John the Apostle on December 27th to the Virgin Mary on January 1st. Today, how and when the 12 days are celebrated by Christians around the world varies. You're never going to get everyone to agree on anything. No, anything no. Even within the we, churches. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. Eastern Orthodox churches use a different religious calendar. The Julian calendar. Yeah, the Julian calendar. So their 12 days of Christmas start on January 7th and run through the Epiphany on January 19th. And while Catholics celebrate the Epiphany as a single day, some Protestant churches celebrate it until Ash Wednesday, leading into the season of Lent and Easter. That's that, in like March, right? Well, it it depends on when Easter is because there's all sorts of rules of when Ugh. Easter is going to be. So the twelve days of Christmas, all known in, also known as Twelve Tide, is a festive Christian season celebrating the birth of Jesus in five sixty seven. The Council of Tours proclaimed the 12 days from Christmas to Epiphany as a sacred and festive season and established the duty of Advent fasting and preparation of the feast. Now, Christopher Hill, as well as William J. Federer, states that this was done in order to solve the administrative problem for the Roman Empire as it tried to coordinate the solar Julian calendar with the lunar calendars of his provinces in the east. Those dozen days were tied to more than just the teaching of the Catholic Church. A whole lot of other denominations also celebrated the 12 days of Christmas. Some denominations celebrate Christmas in January and begin to count the 12 days then. But whenever they begin, the counting of the days becomes an important facet of each holiday season. Even in the Dark Ages, in some Eastern European churches, the 12 days of Christmas meant attending daily church services. For Christians who live during this extremely difficult age, you know, the plague and all that stuff, the 12 days were a time of rededication and renewal. It was also a period when small, simple, and usually symbolic gifts of faith were given to children. I wish we could kind of go back to that sometimes, like small, simple. It would have been a lot cheaper. So in both coded poems... And within public worship, the 12 days were considered a holy period. So what does the song itself mean? Now, it's amazing how there can be so much mystery and different theories, not, not conspiracy theories. I know where your mind is going. Can we're taking a break simple, for Christmas. So many theories can exist in one simple little song sung by millions of people around the world. Well, one thought is that the song is a, like we said, a secret coded song 
that persecuted Catholics historically used to teach children scripture without drawing the, the ire and the wrath of those in power. So well, like during Henry VIII's reign when exactly. he named himself yeah. King God of Europe. Yeah. So trying to research this topic on the internet, when you when you enter in the meaning of 12 days of Christmas, what is the meaning of the 12 days of Christmas? This gives you back the most hits and the most so sites. This, to, this specific theory. This specific theory, the yes. The most... Most likely. Yeah. This theory claims that each number gift, well, maybe not the most likely, the most popular. popular. Yeah. Yeah. This theory claims that each number gift represents a symbol of Christianity. For example, three French hens, the Holy Trinity, eight maids milking for the eight beatitudes, and so on and so on and so on. So is there a secret code the Catholics embedded within the 12 days of Christmas lyrics. Well, the theory claims that during the time when Christians were punished for worshiping openly, the 12 days of Christmas song was sung to secretly pass on the story of Christianity. In this theory, each gift on the list symbolizes a different aspect of the Christian faith. So here it is from that standpoint, what you have been waiting for, the the meaning of the 12 days of Christmas, according to this theory. Okay, so number one, on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. Now, the partridge in a pear tree represents Jesus, the Son of God, whose birthday we celebrate on the first day of Christmas, December 25th. Christ is symbolically presented as a mother partridge, which is the only bird that will die to protect its young. Also, I didn't know that. On the second day of Christmas, my... I wouldn't want to mess with an eagle. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I've seen you try to take on a pregnant mother goose, and it is not pretty. She wasn't pregnant. She was nesting. She was nesting, and I walked too close. (laughs) Yeah, you almost got taken out by the drake. Yeah. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves. These twin birds represent the Old and New Testaments. So in this gift, the singer finds the complete story of the Christian faith and God's plan for the world. The doves are the biblical roadmap that's available to everyone. Number three, on the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French hens. These birds represent faith, hope, and love. The best one is love. Yeah, this gift goes back to 1 Corinthians 13 which is called the love chapter according by the Apostle Paul. And it's probably written in every Every recited, every wedding you've ever been to. Yeah, the greatest of these is love. Love. Um, So that French hen probably was like bigger and thought it was better than the other two French hens. Anyway, on the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four calling birds. And we'll come back to these four calling birds later. I thought we got some more, more to deal with these calling birds later. One of the easiest facets of the song's code to figure out, these fowl are the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five Five gold gold rings. The gift of the rings represents the first five books of the Old Testament known as the Torah or the Pentateuch. Okay. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six geese laying. If that's the goose laying the golden egg. I want to tell the story. Can I tell the story? Please, can I tell the story? Go ahead. I know know exactly Uh, what you're going to talk about. Okay, so 
It's um, my goose story. It's the goose story. Okay, so you know how we were at a restaurant, and you know how like in the restaurant parking lots or wherever they have um, like little islands, and they have like little scrub brush. It's to keep you from driving. Yeah, to keep the basically. Parking places straight. So there's a nesting mother goose in this like low piney scrub brush stuff, and Steve walks by her. It was dark, and she hissed at him because she was nesting, and he got too close. I and turned so around to see who's hissing at me. You turned around and you took like two steps closer to the goose. To I don't know why. Why well, couldn't see what was curious, going on? I guess so. He like takes steps closer to the goose while she continues to hiss at him. And I, I said, "Leave her alone. She's nesting." And so, no sooner did he turn around, this huge apparently Papa the boy goose, goose comes took out offense of at this nowhere. And like dive bombs you, arms, not arms, wings outspread. And they were wide wings. It was Talons, probably the biggest goose I've Kimball. ever seen in my life. I thought, I thought he was going to carry my you life off. flashed before my eyes. You, I was not harassing the mother goose. <laughs> I heard a hiss. I turned around, not knowing what it was. I took a step. That's not forward. what Papa Goose said. Well, that's not what Papa Goose thought, but that's exactly what was going on. Because I would never harass a nesting goose. I would never harass a nesting animal. You you made the dad mad. I made him really mad. You had to like duck and run to the car and I almost peed myself laughing. Anyway, on the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six geese a laying and chasing Steve in the parking lot. These lyrics can be traced back to the first story found in the Bible. Each egg is a day in creation, a time when the world was hatched or formed by God. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven swans a-swimming. It would take someone really, really familiar with the Bible to identify this gift. And I never would have caught this, or I never would have picked this up unless I had read this. Hidden in the code are the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, and compassion. As swans are the one of the most beautiful and graceful creatures of the earth, they would seem perfect to be a symbol for these spiritual gifts. Now, in all the times, all my church knowledge, I have never heard of this. Maybe I, I didn't pay attention. You I, have? Yeah. Okay. And you have a oh. longer time in church than I did. Oh. So, But Yikes. again, this is one of those, th- the subjects, like this and media literacy are my two You should have poked me in the favorite. ribs at that point. This, But this is one of my favorite. I love reading theology and learning theology of different religions and stuff. So uh, it's fine. Um, on the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eight maids milking. Now as Christ came to save even the lowest of the low, this gift represents the ones who would receive his word and accept his grace. Being a milkmaid was one of the worst jobs you could have in England during this period. Well, you know what? I seriously, to me, I seriously doubt that being a milkmaid was the worst job to have in the Middle Ages. That's true. There, there were people who were literally poop pushers that pushed human poop. From the sewers into the river. Yeah, into the river. Yeah, that's true. Um, And ale tasters. Uh, So Shakespeare, William Shakespeare's dad was an ale taster, actually. And if you were an ale taster for your village, your life expectancy wasn't great. Um, It could be cut short because the water was 
filthy and full of poop. So a lot of the um, people in the Middle Ages in this time period drank ale because it was safer than water. But in order to make the ale, you had to use the nasty poop water. And if it didn't get properly filtered, then you could very easily die of... um, The Middle Ages were rough. (laughs) The unclean ale. Yeah. Okay, you know what? I would rather be a maid of milking than the whipping boy. That's true. Yeah. Definitely for sure. So let's, let's get back to the... Back to the song here. All right, so this code conveyed that Jesus cared as much about servants as he did for those of royal blood. The eight who were blessed, now these are the Beatitudes. Um, you, I'm guessing you've probably heard of these, right? Yeah, I've heard of these. Okay, so the Beatitudes, the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, the peacemakers, and blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Okay, you know what? I think we need to do an entire episode on crappy medieval jobs. Done. Yeah, I I'm, think that would be. I'm on next week. That that's yours. Done. Okay. I'm here for it. On yes. The, on the ninth day of Christmas, awesome. my true love gave to me nine ladies dancing. Now these nine dancers were really the gifts known as the fruit of the spirit. The fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and Mm self-control. Now, these are all the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit are all things that you get after you have been saved um, and believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, and then the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you, not magically, but you get these gifts and these attributes um, according to Christian theology. On the 10th day of Christmas, you get some dance partners for the ladies, Ten lords a-leaping. This is probably the easiest gift to understand. Um, As lords were judges and in charge of the law, this is code for the Ten Commandments, and that would have been pretty straightforward. You know, all these codes, it's wouldn't it be easier just like to go sneak out someplace and talk instead of trying to... I'm sure they did that too. Yeah. On the 11th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 11 pipers piping. Now this... Some might consider a trick question, as most think of the disciples. They're referring to the disciples in terms of a dozen or 12. But when Judas betrayed Jesus and committed suicide, there were only 11 men left who carried the gospel message forward. So 11 Mm. pipers piping, not 12. Okay, but also Matthias took Judas's place. But I guess they were down to 11 for just a little while. On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 12 drummers drumming. The final gift is tied directly to the Catholic Church. The drummers are the 12 points of doctrine in the Apostles' Creed, which I know nothing about, except that it exists. Yep. Not every religion, even among the Protestants, are familiar with the Apostles' Creed. So here it is. I'll just recite this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son or Lord. You've actually heard these. I have. Yeah. I just, yeah. Never, like, named I never, yeah. yeah. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He su- suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. So, so basically, essentially that's like the story of Jesus in... Yeah, it's basically Catholicism in a nutshell. Well, it's, that's not even Catholicism. That's I mean, the story of Jesus. Yes, but yeah. in the end, it's it specifically says the Holy Catholic Church. Yeah, well, they've added that. But yeah, so essentially the Apostles' Creed is Christi- the Christian faith in a quick and easy... Here it is. 12 12 points. Um, Now, according to um, Snopes, this theory isn't true. And we all know that Snopes is the most reliable source on the internet. Um, But it says the song has enough inconsistencies and not enough evidence for it to be anything but a myth. Or does it? Snopes has been called into question more than once. Yeah, Snopes, yeah. I don't... Snopes is, is, in my opinion, not a reliable it's, source. It's other people's opinions, I think. It's not a reliable source. So what do you think? Are the lyrics coded text in hidden lyrics? I'm going to just step out there and make a guess and say that if you're Catholic, you would probably tend to believe this more than the other faiths. Yeah, I'm curious if any of our um, Catholic listeners... How, were you taught this growing up? Like, were you taught that the 12 Days of Christmas is a Catholic song? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. So, searched again to see what else turned up for what is the 12 Days of Christmas meaning. You know what we got? It doesn't mean anything. The other school of thought is that it's a song most likely began as a memory game for kids, which would explain why it's so long and repetitive. The first known version of the song was in a 1780 children's book called Mirth Without Mischief. I would love to read that book. Uh, Now, if you haven't heard of Mirth Without Mischief, that's probably because it was published in 1780. I guess you could ask the person who paid $23,750 at a Sotheby's auction for a first edition to borrow their copy. But even if you did that, it doesn't mean that you would recognize the lyrics today. Do you remember the four calling birds that we mentioned earlier and I said we'd come back to it? Yep. In the original lyrics, they were actually four collie birds. Like a dog? No, the term collie is Old English slang for birds dark as coal, so blackbirds. Oh, there's a lot of songs about blackbirds. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Blackbirds singing in the dead of night. Mm -hmm. And other older versions of the song. Who was rapping at? uh, That was a raven. It was a blackbird, though. It It was a blackbird. And... Older versions of the song, the partridge that we all know and have come to love is replaced with a very pretty peacock upon a pear tree, which I actually kind of like better. Now, if you think that's strange, the Scottish version gives away an Arabian baboon. I love these alternate versions so much more. It, It wasn't until 1909 that British composer Frederick Austin came up with the current version of the lyrics that we are familiar with today. I wonder if a hundred years or so the lyrics will change again. So we have like our, our middle ages lyrics and then we have the four collie birds later and then we have four alternate lyrics, alternate lyrics. And then now what we have now. Yeah. So the third theory is what most historians believe. And that is the Christmas Carol started out as a, what they would call a memory and forfeit game in the 1800s in England. Now, I tend to believe this more than the other two schools of thought just because, in my it, mind, it, does make it, sense. It, makes, it makes more sense. Yeah. Um, 
Now, all three are similar, but they all have slight differences. So the difference in this theory is that while both agree that it was a memory game, this version takes it a step further in that it was an educational memory game to teach the kids about the church. So Which combines theory kind of. three, yeah, kind of combines the Catholic theory one with the memory game theory two and kind of makes it a memory Catholic game. The um, So the biggest difference is that Theory three is not nefarious with the hidden code and it's not sung in secret. And some people might think that's splitting hairs, but I that's a pretty significant difference. But I think it's just like teaching kids Bible verses and right. Bible songs in yeah. Sunday school or something right. like that. Yeah. yeah, this is like that's a, how I picture it. Right. This is kind of like an innocent truth or dare type game. So these um what, what do we call them? Memory and forfeit games? Yeah. They were played by British school children and the rules were really simple. When it's your turn, you repeat all the previously sung lyrics and then add the next one. And we have so many these of these. songs we do this with um, kids. Yeah, like the Seamus Kennedy song that you love and I can't stand because it's so repetitive. Called the Rattlenbog. The Rattlenbog, right. Um, or, oh, I mean, there's the so many. Like, or even, Bog like, shorter. Valley, yeah, even... Shorter versions of like five little monkeys is really repetitive. So basically, hundred bottles of beer on oh, the wall. Yes. Hundred oh, bottles of beer. Not, yeah, you take so, one down, you pass okay. it around. Ninety-nine bottles of beer on Stop. the wall. You'd sing Stop. that on the bus going Ugh. to a field trip. I hate it. I hate. I, and I don't like the twelve days of Christmas, and maybe that's why because I don't like super repetitive songs like this. Anyway, these types of games were played by British school children. So you repeat all the previously sung lyrics. You add the next one, and if you can't remember a verse. You owe your opponent a forfeit, which was usually a kiss or a piece of candy or a dare. The dare. So like truth or dare, you if you can't come up with the next lyric, I dare you to put a tack on the teacher's seat. Right. Or whatever. I double dog dare you. So that reminds me, in sixth grade, we had a gentleman who taught us social studies. And for whatever reason, but you remember cap guns? And they had like yeah. the, you know, the string of caps. Mm-hmm. You could take those caps and you could like keep folding them over so they were like maybe a half inch tall. Yeah. And then you could like tape them underneath the teacher's seat. And when the teacher would sit down, they'd go pow. Well, they did that to poor old Mr. Carter a lot. Aww. Yeah. You would think he would learn the look before he sat I, after the I, first I, or second I think time. he knew it was coming. I think he was just that kind of Aww. teacher that like let the kids have a laugh. He, he was a really good Taught us about the stock market. Interesting. Anyway, for as long as these songs have been around, there have been slightly different versions of the lyrics for years and years and years. Even today, you'll see some number jumbling specifically among the bigger numbers. Is it 10 or 12 lords a-leaping and 11 or 9 ladies dancing? Mm-hmm. And I think we've all heard this. Mm-hmm. I know I have. Yeah, I get it mixed up. Yeah. And older versions can be found in some old songbooks. It's their narrator's mother, not the true love, who gives away all these great and lavish gifts. So I guess instead of singing, on the first day of Christmas, my true love gives to me, you would sing, on the first day of Christmas, my mother gave to me. But you could also just about substitute anybody. I mean, if I were singing this to the grandkids, I could say, on the first day of Christmas, granddaddy gave to me. Which is something that you would do. It was something I would 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 actually do. Which just means the song is just... No, I mean, like you would actually it's a fun, yeah, it's just a give fun them song. all of these things. I um, wouldn't give them those geese. Nope. Um, uh, others still include gifts like bears abating or ships a sailing that you won't find in the song today. 
And there may even be a misheard lyric situation going on. <laughs> Who would do something like that? Like, like the four calling birds that were actually intended to be four collie birds. Do you know there's websites dedicated to misinterpreted oh, lyrics? Oh, I'm okay. sure there are plenty. Yeah. And we're likely misinterpreting one of the current lyrics as well. It's not definitive, but seems likely in the context of the song that the five golden rings are not referring to gold jewelry, but instead to the markings on a ring neck pheasant. Some seem to think that makes more sense, relatively speaking, since all the other gifts on the first seven days are birds. You know what? I never even put two and two together. I never thought of it either, but now I... But now I know. I am firmly in the pheasant camp. Well, any way you look at it, it's a lot of birds in the first... Yeah, Verses I, of this song. Yeah, so I'm I'm not going with the five. Why gold. didn't I, I think it's pheasant? Why didn't I ever even that even never registered to me? I don't know. You hunt pheasants. I, that never even registered to me. Do they have five yellow rings on their neck? No, a pheasant has one ring. Oh, so it was like five five pheasants, pheasants with yeah with a, ring. a golden ring. Oh. Well, the pheasants I hunt are have a white ring, but that's okay. But do they are there pheasants that have a golden ring? I don't know. Not not in this part of Ohio. No. Oh well, then maybe it is five gold rings as like a train like a i don't transition. know there, there, there might be a different species of the pheasant with a golden ring okay i well, think you know what i think there are okay we're gonna go with that then um yeah somebody was really obsessed with birds when they came up with this now after frederick austin came up with the current version we know christmas music became a thing and artists like perry como and john denver and the muppets all recorded the 12 days of christmas and all of a sudden it became something that people knew and once you know it you can't unknow it and the Christmas music library is full of versions with funny Christmas song parodies. And all the year round, it's not uncommon to hear someone add and a partridge and a pear tree to the end of a comically long list. Now, I know all of you have just had to have added and a partridge and a pear tree when a family member or a friend gives you a long list of things to do. And you know what I'm talking about. The wife or your husband sends you to the grocery store and verbalizes a long list of things for you to pick up. And then when she's all done saying all this stuff, and and is that it? And she says, yes. Then in your best smart aleck voice, you come back and say, what about the partridge in the pear tree too? Anyway, even if you don't believe in the theological meanings to the words of the song, it's still fun to wonder about what it would actually be like to give and receive those... Uh, Am I wrong? Non-traditional gifts. Am I wrong? Yes. Okay. So like I said, <laughs> okay, I'm, my mind is going like a hundred different ways because like I said, we have notifications on and it just popped up that an airlines just canceled over a hundred flights for Christmas Eve. And oh, I don't know why, no. but it just popped up. And you a little bit one earlier. Of those people, I apologize for yeah, you. And a little bit earlier, I got a, a, a notification from my mom. She received her Christmas gift. Oh, did you know that we bought her a Christmas gift? Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> Did and she's listening, of course. <laughs> do you know what we of, got her? Yes, of what? course I do. What do we get her? Oh, it's out of the bag. We sent her Grater's ice cream. <laughs> okay. I, are you trying to embarrass me? <laughs> anyway, you know my mom listens. Anyway, have you ever wondered what it would like to be to give and receive all of these gifts? Well, you know what? I could use the five golden rings, but I don't know what I would do with the geese. Um, the partridge and the swans. Well, if the rings are on pheasants, I don't know what you do with them either. But yeah, well, I'm I'm going with the five golden rings. Mm. 
So, and you know what? I don't know what I would do with the Leaping Lords either. But being human, and sometimes humans just have a little too much time on their hands, the PNC Christmas Price Index provides a cost estimate of this every year. Now they of what these gifts would cost. They account for everything from wages for the maids and milking to the weirdly high cost of seven swans, which is the most expensive item on the list. Really? Yeah. More than five golden rings? Mm-hmm. Must be 10 carat. Mm. And I also wonder, would the ladies dancing be like hiring the Rockettes? No, just wait. Now, okay. in, in 2020, they even accounted for COVID <laughs> with price hikes in the gold rings. Swans are still more expensive, though. And sadly for the art world and the gift recipient, but happily, I guess, for the purchaser, a cost of zero dollars for all the musicians and dancers to account for the cancellations of live performances. Oh, wow. I know. That's so sad. They were all doing uh, tutorials on Zoom instead. So anyway, it's sad that we can't even suspend our disbelief in a hypothetical scenario, but a wacky Christmas You make song. fun of me over this in movies. I, I know. I do. Just suspend your disbelief, Steve. I know. Anyway... If you want to get one of each day, that amounts to 78 individual gifts for a total of $16,000, 100, oh, sorry, $16,168.14. By the way, the Rockettes are back. I've seen them on TV a couple times. They were at the Macy's Day Parade. They were. Uh, I've seen them on uh, one of the late shows, yep. They and they look fabulous. Yep. They're doing a great Like they job. always do. Like always. Those ladies... Put in a lot of effort yeah, and work they to, do. to hit the perfection get, that they yes. do. Yeah. So that's if you get one of each day. Now, if you want to stay true to the song and get your true love, each day's gift, the number of times they're mentioned in the song, so like actually five golden rings instead of just one golden ring, that's 364 gifts for a whopping $105,561.80. That would be 72 geese. No, don't do that for uh, me. No, I'm good. Yeah. So anyway, who would have ever thought? Yeah, I'd be afraid to take on Jingle Bells, which actually is not a Christmas song. Did you know that? Yeah, I know. It's a Thanksgiving song. Yep. Makes you wonder about all the common things we take for granted. And I wonder what the real story is. Does everything get this in depth? Like the Beatles, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. There's What's like that about? All of the... Mm, um, it's about uh, illicit substances, allegedly, or the most probably the most analyzed song in the world, American Pie. Oh, I'm, I'm getting triggered right now. But, Ninth grade English, Mr. Queener, we took an entire term, nine weeks, and we looked into every word and every phrase of that song. Why isn't that your karaoke for the, song? For the entire nine weeks. Now, okay, let me... Understand, Mr. Queener, his favorite quote, I'm wallowing in the quagmires of obfuscation. What does now, that even mean? I, just <laughs> put, put it together. You, you use your words really well. <laughs> Think about that one. Any songs that trigger you? Oh, I don't like these repetitive songs like this. I There are songs that trigger me in a good way. Um, like I, I... There are a couple of songs that kind of bring me back to my childhood. Um, any Chuck Berry song when I was a little girl, my grandparents Love used Chuck. to have a cassette player and like the best of Chuck Berry. And we used to rock out to Chuck Berry in my grandma and grandpa's living room and just dance around the, the house. And so anytime I hear Chuck Berry, I always think of my grandparents. Anytime I hear Puff the Magic Dragon, it'll bring a tear to my eye. 
And uh, Dock of the Bay, for some reason, Otis Redding makes me think of um, like some really happy memories from childhood, too. And I don't know why, because I don't know that Dock of the Bay was part of that. But And I found my 45 out in the garage as I'm straightening up. I found my... Your Puff the Magic Dragon? Dragon 45. Aww. Yep. Yep. Is it playable? If we had... I mean, like, a it's turntable. not all like scratched. No, it, up it'd and be stuff. very scratchy. It no. was scratched because I played it all the time as a kid. Yeah. So, anyway, there you go. The 12 days of Christmas. All three possibilities of it. It, it, it just amazes me that what I thought was going to be something really yeah. simple. Like, yeah. Over the explain. last week, he's been like, Did you know this? Did you know milking maids was actually like a bad job? Yeah. And I said, Really? Was yeah, it really I, though? I don't, I don't know. It just amazes me. Is it just people with too much time on their hands that look in to do all this? But this is all you know who it's, it is. It's very historical. You know who it is. No, it's English teachers. It's English teachers. It's uh, that's why I love this. It's the English teacher in me that loves this stuff and loves the dissection of the words and the history and the background. Did they mean There's, this or did they mean that? And I, I just had it. no clue that there would be this much history and this much background into this song. I just thought it was something we were going to pick up oh, and we might nice. be able to knock out in 15 or 20 minutes tonight because it's almost Christmas Eve and we got a lot of things going on. Babies and backs and yeah. Yeah, but... Lo and behold, we made it it to an hour, I think, close to. Yeah, it's going to go over a little over an hour, right at an hour. (laughs) But again, it amazes me. Who would have known? Say, anyway, you ready to wrap this one up, Kim? I am. So before we leave, though, we do want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season, whatever your holiday happens to be, whether you are Jewish and celebrate Hanukkah, whether you are pagan and still celebrate Saturnalia or the solstice, whether you are Christian and celebrate Christmas, whether you are African-American and celebrate Kwanzaa, um, we do wish you a very, very happy holiday season. Um, Please be safe. Uh, We hope that you are enjoying whatever time you get to spend with your loved ones. My heart goes out to those people that are going to be stranded at the airport on New Year's or on uh, Christmas Eve. I hope that you guys get to make it to your destination. As you're out celebrating and partying and having a good time, if you're not and listening to this Christmas song, Uber's a lot cheaper than a DUI. Yes. Yep. And also, side note, it's kind of late now, but be kind to your retail workers and your service workers. They have been through the ringer this holiday season. So it's just be not nice. their fault that something isn't on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So be nice to everybody. All right. Kim, if someone wanted to get hold of us with the hate mail that <laughs> we may receive off no, this episode, our listeners, or like if, if one of the Rockettes wants to come in and be a guest on the show, we would love to have you. There's a chair right there for you. Yeah. If you bring a friend, I'll scoot the table out and there can be a we chair right there for her. We can make it work. Or we can do it over Zoom too. Or, you know, pre a, a priest, a rabbi, any mom walk into a bar with a preacher and if you, or walk into a podcast. Well, we'd be really good if all four of them walked in together. Yeah. Oh, okay. we would love that. Yeah. That would probably go over an hour. But anyway, if you want to get a hold of us, the easiest way is through email. You can write to us at alosthour at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we have a Twitter, but we don't check it. So I'm not going to even bother to put that out there in the world anymore. Um, but yeah, write to us. We'd love to hear from you. I check Twitter. Just, oh, just to let you know. Yeah, you say that. And every week you say that. I just sit here quietly, but I, I check the Twitter account. Do you ever write anything on it? Yeah, every you, week. You I tweet post, stuff? Yes, every week I tweet stuff. Oh. So. so Steve's responsible. Steve is our social media coordinator. I just do Instagram. He does all the rest of the work. 
Steve okay. does everything for our podcast. I just show up and talk. <laughs> Listen, we got the brains of the operation and we got the beauty of the operation. I can't do it all. Yep. And tonight, instead of having a bourbon like I normally do with the show, I'm having a Gatorade. Because, because we're on the Julian because calendar, we're on, apparently. Yeah, we're on the Julian <laughs> counter. We're on Baby Watch. And there's one little town I wouldn't drink and drive anyway. But there's one little town. The speed limit's 45 miles an hour. And if you do 46, you're getting a ticket. Those little local cops are going to pull you over and they're going to give you a ticket. Yep. But so I, I might take my chance and speed through the town tonight if it comes, but not with any alcohol yeah. in my body at all, none whatsoever. So, yes. Happy holidays to you. Please be safe. Um, and we will probably be next year in 2022 will be our next podcast. I think maybe we might get one. We might get one more in, but we'll see. No promises. So anyway, I've done a little bit of research. We've talked about this song and we are very, very careful about public domain and not using playing something that someone else's intellectual property or music that they've recorded or mm-hmm. what we, we just, we don't do that because artists deserve your support. Yep. And I have found a public domain version of the 12 days of Christmas. So instead of our usual jingle, hmm. we're going to go out with 12 days of Christmas. Thanks for spending an hour of your life with us. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a portrait in a bed. Sources this week include Reader's Digest, Good Housekeeping, Christianity.com, Parade Magazine, and Wikipedia. Merry Christmas!